find Joshua chapter 1, let me say that this is the beginning of a series of messages that will be from the book of Joshua called Getting Ready. And this series is going to focus on how God's people get ready to experience what God has planned, what God's already doing. And when they join with God in doing it, how God will fulfill God's purposes through us. We're going to be crossing the halfway point of our Shiloh Year of Jubilee Sabbath as we go through this series. And it's an excellent way for us to to, uh, remember that we are getting ready to experience God's plan to enter into God's promise for Shiloh. And so we'll look to the book of Joshua and the story of the people of Israel as they cross over the Jordan into the promised land as our example. Now, Joshua is a book that has a lot of wonderful nuances that I can't share with you in completion here on Sunday mornings. And so I'm teaching from Joshua on Wednesday nights as well. And I would encourage you to join us on Wednesday nights for TGIW. Thank God it's Wednesday. And uh, there you can join us right down here, actually, at at 5 o'clock for a really excellent meal and fellowship and friendship, and then we can go to the various classrooms at six. And one of those classrooms contains my group of people and my study of the book of Joshua. So we invite you to be a part of that and to learn even more about Joshua as a person and this particular story. So today we read chapter one. I get some ribbing sometimes because I'm not satisfied with one or two verses. I like to read whole chapters, but you'll get used to it. And it's because I believe context is so important. So join me now as I read out loud Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you And all the people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give you to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to the Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. 
But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you, east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you, until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as fully as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. That's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Be strong and be courageous. That's a word that you really needed to hear, didn't you? You know, when you were facing all of these setbacks, stolen phone, sick car, injured friend, ministry where you needed support and couldn't find it. And the truth is, is here in the life of this church, there have been setbacks like that in the last few years. And they come with seasons of, of doubt and fear and anxiety. And they come with a need for us to be strong and be courageous. Courage is a word that means doing what you're afraid to do. And in that same sense, uh, in that same word, we find the meaning of faith, which is also doing what you're afraid to do or believing what you're afraid to believe. Doing it anyway. Fear is perfectly normal. Facing down that fear because you believe in God's truth and God's provision is an act of faith and it takes courage. And just as you heard Mickey say earlier, David did that. Let's not think for a moment that he wasn't afraid when he looked over and saw the giant Goliath. The difference was he was confident that God would take care of the big problem, whatever it cost David. And he was more committed to doing God's will than he was to his own well-being or his own health. And that's essential as we look at this plan for getting ready, that is the journey of Joshua and the people of Israel and the journey of Pastor Dan and the people of Shiloh United Methodist Church. It's all kind of the same, really. God has a plan, and our job is to get ready and to move toward that plan, to be a part of God's plan. Our rest and our restoration process that we call Shiloh's Sabbath is, in fact, an opportunity for us to stop worrying about what we've started and, and finished or worrying about the things of the past because we've used the Jubilee as our, our opportunity to cancel past debts, to forget the, the things of the past, to move into a time of rest so that we can move into a time of future uh, prosperity for the Lord's namesake. And in that respect, this Sabbath time is essentially a time of observing where God is at work and joining God in whatever God is doing. And so as we really sink into this adjustment that we've been going through for the last few months, 
of letting go of the past and not trying to start anything new just yet. We've tried to harvest those things that were already planted and that, therefore that's why we continue to introduce communications tools and things like that. But for the most part, we've let go of any uh, desire to start something new and something huge. We've just relaxed, taken it easy, simplified things as much as possible. We've rested so that we could restore relationships so that we could forgive and forget the past hurts, so that we could cancel debts, so that we could return home to the heart of the matter. And now we can sit and observe our Lord at work and see God's plan. So this series that we're going to undertake from Joshua called Getting Ready is roughly outlined in the passages that I just read to you. First, you have to understand that God has a plan, and we need to look for God's plan. What was God's plan in the case of Joshua and the people of Israel? Well, for one thing, God starts out by saying, Joshua, Moses is dead now, and you're in charge. And I need you to take the people into the promised land, just like I promised your ancestors, and just like I promised to do with Moses. The plan never changed. They were to go into and occupy the promised land. That was the plan when God sent Abraham up from his land of origin into this place called the Fertile Crescent in order that he might have a specific place to be in a particular relationship with God. And so God's plan for them and for us is that we would be in harmony with God, that we would live in harmony with God in a place where God has called us to be in harmony with each other, as well as in a relationship of harmony with God. Now, we have an advantage that Joshua and his people didn't have. We have Jesus, whose name, by the way, is Yeshua, and whose name is, yes, the same as Joshua's. And this is a sign to us that God intends for us to be in a harmonious relationship with God and a harmonious relationship with each other. And you say, well, that's great. You know, I can be in a harmonious relationship with God, but these people sitting around me, some of them aren't too easy to be in a harmonious relationship with, you think. And so what God reminds us of is that we can be in harmony with each other no matter which direction we come from if we're all moving towards the same thing. And the same thing in the case of the Israelites was the promised land on the other side of the river. In our case, it's God's promise for Shiloh. We get disharmony in the body of Christ when we don't have a singular vision and a leader who points us towards it. And so when we see God's plan at work, what we recognize in every case in Scripture, Old Testament and New, is that God sets apart certain people to be his leaders and to point people in the direction that God wants the people to go. Now, these leaders are not special in and of themselves other than they are useful to God as an instrument of God's communication and God's direction. And so God sets apart someone to be the leader. And then God gives a clear vision. And the God, then God creates a plan for attaining the vision. And this is exactly what happened in the case of Israel. And I believe that's exactly what's going to happen in our case. God has a plan for us. And the plan 
is that we would be united in harmony with God and in harmony with each other as we make our part in this community essential because we are the disciples of Christ at work in this community in such a way that this community would miss us terribly if we weren't here. Did you hear in the video what would happen if Young Life wasn't here anymore? Well, the kids had all kinds of interesting answers. Ask your neighbors who don't go to this church whether it would make any difference to them if Shiloh wasn't here anymore. You see, in order to be God's instrument of grace and power and love in any community, in any setting, we have to be such a vital part of that community that it would be unthinkable to that community for us to be absent that we would be to Ireland and Jasper and this whole area so essential to the well-being of the community that they would be fearful of losing us should we collapse or fall apart in some way and leave. So the ministry that God has in store for us, the plan that God has in store for us is that we would be in harmony with each other, in harmony with God, and singular in our vision to make our community better because we're here. The best thing then after that is that we should seek God's direction and understand that God has the power to make it happen. You heard again uh, when, when we were hearing about David a moment ago that he wasn't afraid of the giant really, not afraid in the sense that he didn't think that the, the giant could be defeated. Do you know that Joshua and Caleb and 10 others were sent to investigate the promised land 40 years before this day that we just read about? And Joshua and Caleb saw giants, and they saw grapes as big as watermelons, and they saw all kinds of, of uh, signs of, of bounty and amazing things to have and places to be and live. And they saw all kinds of opportunity, and all they saw in the giants were some sort of enemy that you'd need God's help to defeat. And since they were confident that God could defeat them, there wasn't a problem that they believed, as David did later, that any enemy of God was doomed because they were God's enemy. So Joshua, like David, didn't see these Amalekites, that's who these giants were, as any kind of a threat that couldn't be overcome with God's help. On the other hand, there were 10 others who disagreed. And so unfortunately, those who weren't willing to understand and accept God's power to see the vision through, we're allowed to die on the roadside on the journey to the promise. And so a whole generation died out there in the wilderness and never visited the promised land, never came to the promised land. But Joshua did, and Caleb did. They were the only ones in that whole generation, apart from Moses, who actually got to see the promised land. And so we have to understand that there will be those who think that they know what is best and they assume that the agenda is set by their wisdom and their ideas, their armor that isn't going to fit, their money, their group of influence, their whatever. And what God says is either you trust my vision and plan and you believe in my power to see it through, or you risk being left on the roadside while the others enter into the promise. It never changes. God is the same yesterday, today, and always. 
And therefore, look to the prize. Look to the objective that God has set before you. If you're not sure what that is, remember that God usually puts someone out there to tell you what it is. And you must trust that this is God's intention. So what their prize was is a promised land where they would live in harmony with God and in harmony with each other. And in the governance of God, they would create a nation set apart for a unique purpose in all the world. And in the same way, God has a plan for this church and for the people that we'll, we'll call Shiloh their spiritual home. It's the same thing. Look for harmony with God, harmony with each other, and serving a purpose that is unique for the world that we are placed in. In other words, being disciples, seeking disciples, and changing the world. So be prepared. I love in the King James Version, it says, get your vittles ready. You wondered where the clampets came up with that word on the Beverly Hillbillies. Well, there it is right there in King James Bible. Get your vittles ready. Get your food packed and get ready. We're heading into the promised land. So God expects you to get ready. God expects you to be prepared for what God is about to do and your role in it. And so the next several weeks of messages are going to be all about how we do that. I'm going to help you get your vittles ready. And I think it's going to be a great time together. Now you have to forgive me, I'm suffering from a minor cold and my voice is pretty weak, so I'm, not try, I'm trying really hard not to over get lathered up, as some people might say. <laughs> but it's, it's in my heart. My voice just doesn't reflect it. But I'm really excited about this time with you, and I'm looking forward to it. And I really hope that you will join us on Wednesday nights as well, and I think you're going to be blessed. But for now, let me pray for this message from God. Dear God, I thank you for your word. I pray that you burn it upon the hearts of your people, and I pray especially that everything that was spoken today honors and glorifies you and changes the hearts of your people. For your name's sake, amen. Mm-hmm.